Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Spark Show DFS podcast. I am your host, Sparky himself. Uh, today, we're going to do March Madness, and this one is probably going to take quite a long time. So I'm not going to waste any of your time, and I'm going to hop right into it. First game, uh, we're going to start with the West region, which is the top left. We got Gonzaga, the number one overall seed, as a number one seed here versus Georgia State. Um, 23 and a half points is the spread. Gonzaga, 3-1 to one to win it all, and Georgia State. 1,000 to 1 to win it all. Um, a true Cinderella. Gonzaga 26 and 3 on the year. Obviously, the big knock on them is playing in the WCC. So their their conference play, that level of competition isn't exactly up to snuff. But this Gonzaga team is for real. They are the favorite to win it all. Um, Georgia State, 18 and 10. They only played one team that made the tournament and they lost by 16. They played two teams in the top 100 of Ken Palm and they lost by 16 and by 29 in those two games to Richmond and to Mississippi State, both earlier in the year. Um, if those are the types of scores that you're going to see from them playing Richmond, playing Mississippi State. I'm thinking this Gonzaga spread should be closer to 30 instead of 23 and a half. So I'm probably going to put that right now. And I wouldn't be surprised if in the next day or two, it, it goes to about 28 points. 23 and a half just seems way too close for this game. Georgia State, known for their defense. Um, in terms of field goal percentage, they are 335th in the nation on offense. This team can't shoot. Um, their defense is good, but what's that mean when you're going against potentially the best team in the country, the best offense in the country, or at least one of the best offensive teams in the country? Um, Oh, I got to mess with these formulas. Something isn't right there. Oh, either way, we'll get, we'll move on with the show, I guess. Uh, but yeah, Georgia State, you know, good little run they've been on. They've, geez, they've, they've won 10 games in a row. They've won 12 of their last 13. Uh, but they're running into a buzzsaw, and I bet they get beat by 40. Next game, underneath that, we got Boise State, the 8 seed, versus Memphis, the 9 seed. They're very close in Ken Palm's ranking as well. Boise State, 28. Memphis, 26. Um, Boise State, 14-4 and four away from their home court. Memphis, 8-7 and seven away from their home court. Boise State five and three against tournament teams. Memphis four and two against tournament teams. Memphis though against teams that are outside of the top 100, 12 and four. Uh, and when you go back to Boise State, teams outside of the top 100, they're 14 and two. So a little bit more consistency from Boise State, but Memphis played. 
uh, well, technically one team that was in the top 20 three times in Houston, and they beat them twice. So it seems like Memphis has a little bit higher ceiling here between the two. And Boise State might have the better floor. But the way I look at it is I have Gonzaga pretty much, and obviously they're the favorite to win it all. So I'm most of my brackets are probably going to have Gonzaga in the Final Four. So the way I see it, Boise State versus Memphis, this isn't, you're not going to need to split hairs too much because whoever wins is probably going to get bounced in the next round anyways. You look at their odds to win it all, Boise State 200 to 1, Memphis 100 to 1. So Memphis does, when you look at the stats and when you look at the betting lines, they have the better ceiling here, but they're a two and a half point favorite. Um, it's pretty close in a head-to-head matchup, but Memphis has the better ceiling. So if you were getting real frisky and you have a bunch of pools, a bunch of different brackets to fill out, maybe in one of them you go straight chaos and you have Memphis beating Gonzaga in the next round. So I, I feel like I'm going to lean towards Memphis here as the two-and-a-half-point favorite, the clearly better favorite to win it all over Boise State, but most of mine if not all of them are going to have Gonzaga in that next round anyway, so it's kind of just splitting hairs at this point. Next matchup, we got Connecticut. We got UConn uh, as a 5 seed going against New Mexico State, a 12 seed, minus 7 points for UConn. Um, UConn is 80-1 to to win it all. New Mexico State is 600-1 to to win it all. And I have Connecticut only winning by Four, whereas the spread is seven points in favor of UConn. UConn against teams outside of the top 100, 12 and 0. New Mexico State ranks 80th, so they're just inside that. So when you look at UConn 51 through 100, when their opponents are ranked in that range, they're five and four. So they're just barely better than 500 with an average win of 2.7 points or point differential, not average win, I guess. So point, their point differential against those teams, 2.7 points. So this could end up being a close game. Uh, but New Mexico State against teams outside of the top 100, they're 21-5. and five. They got five losses down there. They just didn't put away the bad teams like UConn did. So it wouldn't surprise me if this New Mexico State was more of a borderline team towards, you know, the 100 the the ranking of 100 and then UConn rolls them by you know 15 20 points so I this is a tough one um tournament teams New Mexico State only played one all year but they did win by 11 points so I I wouldn't be opposed to taking New Mexico State to cover or even money line uh, but UConn certainly has the higher ceiling here. And, um, you know, I might just lean towards new. I think this 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 year, the ones and twos, I might kind of just pencil in going far. But then everything else, I think, is just going to be complete chaos. So we'll kind of see how this shapes up as it goes. But I like, 
I like UConn to win, but I kind of like New Mexico State to cover. The next underneath that, we have the four seed in Arkansas versus a 13 seed Vermont. The spread is minus five for Arkansas, and I have Arkansas only winning by four, so I have Vermont covering by one point, but I have Arkansas with a way better ceiling and Vermont with a way worse floor. Arkansas is 80 to one to win it all. Vermont is 400 to one to win it all. But I do like this Vermont team. It's just tough to tell because they don't really play anybody down the stretch. Um, they played three tournament teams, Vermont did, and they were 2-1 and one against those teams. Um, but none of them, you know, Providence was the best team that they played, which Providence is, they're a four seed, I believe, on the other side. So, uh, you know, they lost by 10 to Providence. And then they played Maryland, lost by 11. Um, and then Northern Iowa was the next best team they played, and they won by 14. So I think Vermont could kind of keep this one close, but ultimately I, Arkansas is going to pull away. Um, Arkansas really only struggled with teams that were in the top 50. They were 2-5 and five against teams 21 through 50, but they were 6-1 and one with teams that were in the top 20. So top 50 overall, they were 8-6. and six. But just for whatever reason, that, that range of 21 to 50, they were 2-5. and five. But then they put away their, their opponents beyond that. From 51 and out, they were or 50, ranked 51 or worse. Um, they were 17-2. and two. And then, but Vermont in that same stretch of 51 to worse, uh, when their opponents were ranked 51 or worse, they were 28 and four. Um, so, God, I really, my heart just goes towards Vermont. And I really wanted them to be a pick, you know, a sleeper pick that nobody's taken. But I, I don't know. The more I look at it now, I just really don't want to go down this route. But, I mean, holy crap. Look at this. Going into, into their conference tournament, they won three games to win it all. They won by 39 points against New Jersey Institute of Technology, I believe, NJIT. They won by 32 points the next game. They won by 39 points the next game. So, that, I mean, they're peaking at the right time. Uh, Arkansas lost by 18 in their last game to Texas A&M, who did not end up making the tournament. Um, Arkansas can't shoot the three. Vermont, a very, very good um, offensive team, but they don't really get to the rim or, or get to the offensive glass that well. So, you know, Arkansas is just clearly going to be superior when it comes to athleticism. Vermont's decent defensive team, um, just a smart defensive team from the looks of it. So I could see them giving Arkansas problems, but I could also see Arkansas covering this thing by by more than the four. 
or the five points that the spread is. So I, I would I would probably I like this Vermont team, but Arkansas to cover that five points kind of seems like a a no brainer because I think at some point, you know, Vermont's going to keep this close, but in the second half at some point Arkansas is just going to blow this thing open. Uh, but you don't know. Maybe they go cold, and this is just wire to wire a close game. Uh, next game we got Alabama six seed versus either Rutgers or Notre Dame. Um, Rutgers, super inconsistent team this year. Lost to a lot of bad teams, but also put a stretch together where they were beating some of the best teams in the Big Ten. Uh, but Rutgers ultimately doesn't. Th- their whole thing is they play really well at home. And obviously in the tournament, they're not going to be playing any home games. So I actually have Rutgers probably losing to Notre Dame. And that spread is, it's a pick em, So nobody's getting any points. And I have Notre Dame winning by one. I just have Rutgers with the worst floor of the two teams. So I'll probably have Notre Dame in there, but it really wouldn't surprise me either way that that one goes. And then against Alabama. And then I, you know, I like Arkansas more than I like Alabama here. Well, Arkansas is a four seed, Alabama is a six seed, so that would kind of make sense. But I just, I don't know if I really trust this Alabama team. They struggled down the stretch. um, Lost three straight games to end the season. And one of those was to Vanderbilt in the SEC um, tournament. Man, but they they started off pretty solid. So, I will, we don't know what the spread is going to be for that next game. But if I had to guess, we're going to look at like a uh, Alabama minus five against... Rutgers or Notre Dame that they're playing against, and I would probably take Notre Dame again there. I think those are all going to be coin flip games between Rutgers and Notre Dame, and then the winner of that in Alabama. Um, But the next game, we got Texas Tech, a three seed, versus Montana State, a 14 seed. Uh, te- Texas Tech, twenty-five and nine on the year. Montana State, twenty-seven and seven. Um, Texas Tech, eighteen and zero at home. They were seven and nine away from their home gym. Uh, Fourteen and six away from their home gym. Montana State, but obviously the level of competition isn't going to be the same that you're, you're facing in the big t- the Big Twelve. Um. Tournament teams, Montana State played one tournament team, lost by 17 points. That was South Dakota State, and that was very early on in the season. Um, Texas Tech, the spread here is 15 points. Texas Tech is 22 to 1 to win it all. Montana State, 800 to 1. I have... Texas Tech winning by 13 points on this game. So Montana State covering by two. But this is sometimes comparing apples to oranges when you're using these 
um, you know, statistical models and stuff. It's really hard to adjust for strength of schedule and whatnot. Uh, but Montana State only played two teams in the top 100 on Ken Palm, and they lost both. And Texas Tech didn't lose to anybody outside of the top 100. They were 9-0. and Montana State is 125. So this would lead you to believe that Texas Tech is going to win this thing. And they're going to do it probably by about the 15 that the spread is. Texas Tech, another bad three-point shooting team. Um, Montana State actually shoots the ball pretty well. But they send teams to the free throw line quite a bit. Um, that could be that I, I'm I'm gonna make this guess right now. Texas Tech, we're gonna be flirting with uh, the spread of this game, and it's gonna come down to free throws at the end of the game, and whether or not Montana State can hit a garbage three to cover. So that's probably going to be one that people are sweating. So I don't know if I'm going to touch that one. But I could also see Texas Tech winning this thing by like 30. So if anything, I'd probably just roll with the 15 points. Hope that um, Montana State is following too early, gets them in the bonus too early. And then those extra free throws, um, it's just going to really take this spread from minus 15 to minus 25 real quick. But the next matchup we have is the 14 seed, or no, the 7 seed, Michigan State, 10 seed, Davidson. Michigan State, minus 1.5 points. I actually have Davidson winning by 1, and I am a Michigan fan. There's no bias. in the. It's all the stats in the model doing this, so it's not me making any picks or adjusting anything, but that's just how it turned out. I have Davidson actually winning this game. Michigan State... 200 to 1 to win it all. And then Davidson, 250 to 1 to win it all. So not much different between the 7 and the 10 seed there as far as potential upside goes. Michigan State, 7 and 10 versus tournament teams. Davidson, 3 and 2. So obviously Michigan State had a much harder schedule than Davidson. But Davidson did look decent in the chances that they got but when you look at tournament teams the average rank of those 17 games that Michigan State played against tournament teams was 25.8 the average rank of the tournament teams that Davidson played was 73.5 so even when you're comparing those tournament team schedules or the records that skewed a little bit because Davidson still didn't play the same kind of competition the same level of competition there. But Davidson against teams outside of the top 100 was 21-1. and one. So they did put away the bad teams. They looked very consistent all year. They just didn't play that um, upper echelon of teams that Michigan State played. But Michigan State, 2-6 and six against teams in the top 20. So I, I think this spread is going to be pretty close to pretty close to where it should be. Um, Davidson does give up quite a bit of threes. 
Michigan State, a very good three-point shooting teams when you look at their percentage. Uh, their volume, they don't shoot a whole lot, 285th in three-point attempts, but 21st in three-point percentage. So if Michigan State is knocking down the, the threes, the, the few that they might take, um, that could really make the difference in this game because Davidson does not, they give up a lot of three-point takes. So I think it all is going to come down to um, making Michigan State shoot more volume. And if they shoot more volume at that same percentage, then they're easily going to win this game. But if not, then Davidson could squeak away like my um, projections are showing. But I think that's going to be a close one. Uh, minus one and a half for Michigan State. I have Davidson winning by one. I could see that one going either way. I Just because I'm a Michigan fan, I might go against Michigan State here. But the team underneath it, I don't like them either. So this is going to be a tough spot for me to pick. Because uh, the next team, the next matchup we got is number two, Duke, versus number 15, Cal State Fullerton. Duke, minus 17 and a half, 16 to 1 to win it all. And Cal State Fullerton, 1,000 to 1 to win it all. I have Duke winning by 14. The spread is 17 and a half. Duke, 28 and 6 on the year. Cal State Fullerton, 21 and 10. Um, tournament teams, Cal State Fullerton played two, and they lost both. Uh, Duke, 6-4 and four against tournament teams. They kind of struggled with anybody that was, you know, in the top 50. Um, so the further on they go in this tournament, you know, they're going to have some struggles, especially with a younger team. But they put away bad teams, 14 and 1 against teams outside of the top 100. Um, teams 101 to to 200, they their point differential was 16 on average and then 200 plus was 28.3 point differential. So you could easily see this spread being minus 20 for Duke by tip off from where it is at minus 17 and a half. And all these numbers I guess I took this morning, and I haven't updated the sheet or really looked at the numbers to see if they've changed since, but it wouldn't surprise me if Duke has climbed from minus 17.5 to, you know, minus 18.5 by now. Um, Cal State Fullerton played three teams in the top 100, lost all three, and the point differential for those was minus 10 points. Um, so I see... Duke winning this thing and probably covering the spread. Um, but you don't know. This is a Duke team that was very inconsistent. Lost to Virginia Tech by 15 in their last game in the ACC tournament. And then lost by 13 at home in their last regular season game against North Carolina. Um, both teams that are good, frisky teams, but teams that this number two seeded Duke should probably be beating. Um, but again, just young and experienced. Field goal percentage, eighth in the nation for Duke. Uh, but their defense, um, actually pretty good. 
Field goal attempts is up through the roof, but that's probably because they're beating a lot of teams and they just have to throw it up. Um, Cal State Fullerton does not shoot the three well. They get to the free throw line, so maybe that could be a potential problem. Duke doesn't really get to the free throw line. Um, but they don't really put teams on the free throw line. So I, I think this is just going to be a Duke um, win by 20 points or more. So I'd probably go Duke spread here. And that is the Western region. Now we will move into the Eastern region, which is the bottom left of the bracket. Number one seed, we got Baylor, minus 20 and a half against Norfolk State, the 16 seed. I have Baylor winning this by 31 and not 20 and a half. I don't know why my spreads are this much bigger um, for these lopsided matchups. Maybe historically in the tournament, the, these teams just play tougher. For whatever reason. But I yeah, I have Baylor easily covering this thing. Um Baylor was twenty-six and six on the year. Norfolk State twenty-four and six. So pretty similar records. Um Norfolk State played zero teams that made the tournament. They played two teams that were inside the top one hundred, and they lost by an average of 26.5 points in those games, one of them being a 40-point loss to Xavier. Um, you know, Baylor didn't lose to anybody outside of the top 50. They were 14-0 and down there. I see this as being... an easy cover. I Yeah, I don't understand this... Should move like the the Gonzaga game to closer to thirty. That's just crazy to me. But yeah, we'll we'll skip ahead because that's not really a fun fun one to talk about. We got the eight seed North Carolina right underneath that versus the nine seed Marquette. North Carolina, the three point favorite. I have it essentially. A tie game, but I guess North Carolina wins by like half a point or something. 73-73, but North Carolina is the team that advances. They seemingly have the way better ceiling. Um, 120-1 to to win it all versus Marquette, who is 300-1 to to win it all. But I, on paper, don't believe that to be true. I kind of think this North Carolina team is a little bit frisky, but I also feel the same way about Marquette. Um, North Carolina, 24-9 and nine on the year. Marquette, a little bit worse at 19-12. and 12. Um, Both teams, especially Marquette, Marquette 6-9 and nine away from their home court. North Carolina, 9-7. and seven. North Carolina versus tournament teams, four and seven. Um, Marquette versus tournament teams, six and eight. But North Carolina has, let's see, against teams in the top 50, they're four and six. Against teams in the top 50 
for Marquette. They're six and five. Um, very similar teams as far as their resume goes. Um, let's see what makes. You know, I, this is a tough one, very tough one to pick, especially because oh, I like this Baylor team, but I feel like they played a lot of tight games down the stretch. Um, they lost in the opening round of the Big 12 tournament. I think they're vulnerable in North Carolina or Marquette could win that game against Baylor in the next round. Man, that's a tough one, though. That is a tough one. I might just go Marquette just because they're getting the three points. Oh, man. That's a tough one. I'll, I'm going to skip it for now. I might come back later and talk about the overall bracket um, when I'm done. But I'm just going to keep going and power through. Uh, next one, we got St. Mary's 5 seed versus a play-in game of Wyoming or Indiana. Indiana is a four-point favorite. I have them winning by two. Um, so let's see. And then I have St. Mary's winning against whoever plays next. I feel like that could be a pretty good game, though, with Wyoming in Indiana. Um, both teams pretty hot right now. Indiana making a good run in the Big Ten tournament. But this Wyoming team isn't one to write off either because Indiana kind of, they, they showed that they have a decent enough ceiling at the end of the year, but they also have not a great floor. So this that leaves them kind of exposed to this Wyoming team. Um, St. Mary's, though, has that win over Gonzaga at the end of the year, that 10-point win. Um, so, But it is tough to tell because the rest of their competition that they play is not all that great. Against tournament teams, St. Mary's 6-5. and five. Um, Wyoming 3-5 and five against tournament teams. Indiana, I can't check that right now without scrolling really far. But I feel like this could be a pretty good spot um, for an upset, a 12 seed over the 5 with either Indiana or Wyoming beating St. Mary's. Um, but next, we'll go to the 4 seed, UCLA, minus 13.5 against Akron, the 13 seed. And I have UCLA winning this thing by exactly 13 points. Um, this was, I went to Central Michigan University, so I'm 
quite familiar with the Mac schools, which Akron is a part of, and so I I know what teams I'm betting on when I when I bet them. And they Akron was a good team on the road. Sometimes they would fizzle out one and one against tournament teams for Akron. Um, 12 and 6 away from their home court, so that's a little bit better than I would have guessed. But the, again, the MAC probably, there's only like two or three teams where Akron's playing on the road, like Toledo, Kent State, Buffalo, where it's really going to be a tough opponent. And the rest of the time, it's probably not so much. But UCLA. Um, let's see, against teams, let's, Akron's ranked 131, UCLA ranks 7, and this is Ken Palm's rankings. Um, against teams outside of the top 100, UCLA was 14-0, 10-0 against teams 101-200, to 200, where they, the average point differential for them was 16, and then 200-plus. Any team that UCLA played outside of the two, the top 200 was 4-0 was their record and 31.8 point differential. Um, UCLA wins this thing by 20. And that's all there is to it. I Again, the, the, the spread's 13.5. I think that's closer than it should be, but maybe... These conference or the the once they get to March Madness, things just tighten up a little bit. Uh, but we'll go to the next game: Texas six seed, one point favorite over Virginia Tech, the eleven seed, and I have Texas winning by two. But I have Virginia Tech with a higher ceiling, even though Texas is a hundred to one to win it all. Virginia Tech is a hundred fifty to one to win it all. Virginia Tech just being the hotter team right now and with some slightly better wins, but Texas does have some good wins of their own. Virginia Tech, 23-12. and 12. Um, After winning their first five games, they lost to Memphis, lost to Xavier, um, beat Maryland, lost to Wake Forest, beat Cornell, lost to Dayton. Beat St. Bonaventure, lost to Duke, lost to NC State, lost to Virginia. But then at the end of the year, let's see, Virginia Tech, their last 15 games, they won 13 of them. So Virginia Tech, very hot team right now. Texas lost their last three games, but they played Baylor, Kansas, TCU, um, so they were playing some very tough competition against teams in the top twenty. Texas was two and six. Virginia Tech was one and one. Against teams twenty one through fifty, Texas was six and four. Virginia Tech one and four. Um, so that's probably why, even though Virginia Tech is on this hot streak, but we could see Virginia Tech being like the Oregon State of last year, where they just put it all together right when they got to March and made a deep run. So you could see that with this Virginia Tech team. But on paper, Texas just looks a little bit better, a little bit more consistent. 
um, teams out. So teams ranked 51 or worse in Ken Palm. Texas was 13 and one. So they put away any team that was decent to bad or like even good to bad. And then the elite teams, they just started to fumble with. So I would lean towards Texas to cover here. I think Virginia Tech might be a popular play for people just because it's fresh in their memory. They went on this 13-2 um, and two run to end the season. They had big wins, that big win over Duke uh, to win the ACC tournament. But I just think this Texas team is better. And Virginia Tech is going to come back down to earth. So I will take Texas minus one. And I will probably have them advancing. I might mix in a little bit of Virginia Tech just because it's a six seed and 11 seed. Like for my office pool, you have people that don't know anything about college basketball, but they see the lower numbers and they'll just throw them ahead. So Virginia Tech, this is a one point spread. Virginia Tech being the 11 seed, probably a good pick if everybody else is going to pick the 6 seed. But we will go to the next game, Purdue minus or Purdue the 3 seed minus 16 and a half against Yale the 14 seed, and I have Purdue winning it by 20. I've loved Yale the last few years. Well, obviously the COVID year, the, the Ivy League was off. But they had been a covering machine. And they did pretty well against the spread this year too. But they just weren't as good as they have been in years past. A little bit more shaky. Um, but Yale played five teams in the top 100. Lost all five games. And they played four tournament teams all year. They lost all four, and the average point differential was minus 23 for Yale. So I just see Purdue, you know, it's a pretty big spread. It's a team that I like Yale, 16 and a half points. But this Purdue team can put it on you, and I see them winning this by that 20 points like my projection says. So I'll probably just roll with that. But I don't know. I said this was going to be the year of chaos, so maybe I'll I'll go with my heart on one of these and and fill out a bracket with Yale winning that matchup. But the next one we have Murray State, the seven seed, versus San Francisco, the ten seed, and the ten seed San Francisco is minus one and a half points, so they're the slight favorite. Both two hundred and fifty to one to win it all. Um, I actually have Murray State winning by two points, and it looks like Murray State. Well, that is not right. Well, I guess I my I have a momentum um, indicator when you look at my sheet, which I haven't probably on Tuesday. I'm doing this Monday night, Tuesday morning. I will post my normal cheat sheet for the games that are on the next couple days. And then I, I'll post my March Madness cheat sheet. But on my March Madness cheat sheet, it has a momentum arrow, and it shows you like what teams are hot, what teams are not. Murray State, mine says they are not hot right now, 
but this is because it's an algorithm that has to work for all of the teams. It's based on more stats than just how many games you've won in a row to end the year. But Murray State has won their last 20 games straight, but the level of competition is horrible. So I think um, when you look at uh, the end of their season, they, they have two big wins against Belmont being one of them, 33-point win. Um, and then uh, they played Moorhead State before that before Austin P. Moorhead State, they only won by four points. Austin P. they won by 35. And then Tennessee Martin, they won by two. And Tennessee Martin was a terrible team. Belmont, they beat by 33. Southeast Missouri State, they beat by two, and that's not a very good team. Southeast Missouri State, they played in their conference tournament that very next game. They beat them by 14, and then they beat Moorhead State by four to win their conference tournament. But um, the momentum meter has them down just because the the level of competition they're playing um, – and the and by how much they beat them by, they should have beat these teams by more at the end of the year. So that's why you look at it and go, hey, they won 20 straight games. How is their momentum bad? Well, it's because they should have been beating a lot of those teams by more points at the end of the year. So it's a little bit skewed. But I still have Murray State winning by two, even though they're a one-and-a-half-point underdog. Um, Let's see. San Francisco, 2-6 against tournament teams. An average point differential of minus 6. Murray State, 2-1 against tournament teams. Um, I think this Murray State team is better, and they should be the slight favorite. So I think I'm rolling with them over San Francisco, even though San Francisco is the favorite. So I'm going to take the 7th seed. Murray State, and I will probably bet on them money line as well. The last matchup in this region is number two, Kentucky, versus number 15, St. Peter's. Kentucky, minus 17.5 against St. Peter's. I have them winning by 15. Kentucky, 8-1 to one to win it all. St. Peter's, 1,000-1 to one to win it all. Um, Kentucky really struggled with the elite teams against teams inside the top 20, 3, and 6. And then everybody else outside of the top 20, they were 23 and 1. So they put away the bad teams, the mediocre teams they would play close, the bad teams they would blow out, and then the good teams they really struggled with. Um, But they are 8-1 to to win it all. Um, St. Peter's played one team that made the tournament, and they lost by 14 points, and that was Providence. So that's um, Providence' good squad to play them to 14 points at Providence. You know, probably it's not like they lost a 30 to them. So that's somewhat impressive. But St. Peter's against teams in the top 100 lost all five of those games that they did play. And they even lost six games to teams outside of the top 200. Um, So Kentucky, I don't know a whole lot about this team. Kentucky doesn't shoot a lot of threes. Um, hmm. 
They don't cause a lot of turnovers. They foul a lot. So just, you know, maybe not a smart defensive team. But I, I see them rolling St. Peter's. They're not, Kentucky's not the best free throw shooting team. And St. Peter's is. Um, St. Peter's is pretty good on defense. So I can see if St. Peter's just stifles Kentucky a little bit where they can cover this spread of 17 and a half. Um, but St. Kentucky, obviously the way better team and they should roll this game. But it's not one that I love. I You know, I love Baylor to cover the spread. I love Gonzaga to cover the spread. I love both those teams to win by like 30. But this Kentucky team kind of scares me a little bit. But obviously I'm going to put them in as the two seed to move on. I just don't know if I trust them to cover that spread. So there's two regions down. Now we will travel to the south region which is the top right of the bracket we got arizona the one seed right state 16 seed well actually the right state playing game versus bryant right state is a one and a half point favorite i have them winning by two but these teams are very close at 182 in ken palm for right state 183 in ken palm for bryant um so, I don't have a spread for that Arizona game versus the winner. But Arizona versus Wright State, I have Arizona winning by 25. So, that's, I mean, the spread, you could imagine, will probably be pretty close to that 23.5 points that Gonzaga's given up. So, that seems about right. Six and a half to one to win it all for Arizona. Wright State, a thousand to one. Um, really like this Arizona team. Their guard hurt his ankle. It looked like it was really bruised up still. So I'm not sure if he's going to be back, but I don't know if they necessarily need him. Uh, but we'll skip that. Go to the next game. Seton Hall, 8 seed versus TCU, the 9 seed. Seton Hall, a 1-point favorite. My projections have Seton Hall winning by 1 point. Uh, but I have TCU with the higher ceiling and the lower floor. But the numbers, the odds seem to agree with me because TCU, higher ceiling, 250 to 1 to win it all, while Seton Hall is 300 to 1 to win it all. So, if you're looking for somebody to upset Arizona and go on a little run here to the Sweet 16, I would probably lean towards TCU. But let's do a little deeper dive into the stats against tournament teams Seton Hall, 7 and 8. TCU five and eight. Um, arguably, TCU is playing a little bit tougher competition, but the Big East is no joke either. Um, pretty similar stats and records when you look at everything with these teams. So I'm not gonna nitpick too much. TCU does not shoot threes. 
Um, Seton Hall, not the best three-point shooting team either, but they are both teams very good on the offensive glass. Um, you could see a little bit of a lower-scoring slugfest here. I don't know what the... Probably 132, if I had to guess this over-under. But yeah, I don't have any super strong leanings with these teams. But the stats are telling me that... Well, here we go. They both struggled with teams in the top 20. Seton Hall was 2-4. and four, TCU, 4-7. Four and seven. Um, But when you look at teams 21 through 50, Seton Hall won through... They were one and four, and TCU was five and two. So that's probably why TCU looks like the better, you know, high ceiling team, because Seton Hall against teams in the top fifty was three and eight. So head to head, this could be a battle, could be a pretty good matchup with both teams that are going to get a lot of second chance points. But TCU just seems like the better play for me um, to go deeper into the tournament. So I'm, I'm probably going to go with the nine seed Seton Hall and they're the one point underdog. So I might bet them as well. Next we got Houston, the five seed versus UAB, the 12 seed Houston is an eight and a half point favorite. And I have them winning by six. 28 to one to win it all for Houston, 500 to one to win it all. For UAB, um, Houston, this is the kicker. They were 28-5 and five on the year, but Houston against tournament teams just 1-4. UAB only played one tournament team. They lost that game by two points, and that was San Francisco. Um, and on a neutral court, it looks like. Houston looked pretty good all year. They have those two late losses to Memphis. Um, the UAB has some Team of Destiny vibes going on. A good shooting team overall. But Houston, very good defensive team. Um... That spread is closer than I thought it would be. Well, I guess eight and a half points is still decently wide. I I take. I have Houston winning by six, so that's two and a half points that UAB covers the spread by. So I might lean that way with UAB just because I don't trust this Houston team and the level of competition that they were playing all year. Now I think early on in the season they had two starters get hurt, and they still kept rolling. But, I mean, I think that lack of depth and losing those two guys is really going to show come the tournament. So I could see taking UAB as a 12 seed to get the upset here. But at least the 8.5 points might be a fun one to sprinkle it on. Next matchup, we got Illinois, the 4 seed, versus Chattanooga, the 13 seed. Illinois, only a 7.5 point favorite. And I have them winning by 5 points. So... Very close to the last matchup. 
Illinois 50 to 1 to win it all. Houston was 28 to 1, Illinois 50 to 1. That right there screams value to me because Illinois is a 4 seed, Houston a 5 seed. I feel like Illinois has a better shot of winning it all than Houston. So that kind of stands out 50 to 1. Chattanooga 600 to 1 to win it all. Um, I know Illinois without Kofi Coburn, or if Kofi Coburn gets an injury or uh, foul trouble early, then they really struggle. So if that happens at some point in the tournament, then you could see them get bounced. Um, Chattanooga played one tournament team all year. They lost by 11 points. That was Murray State, but a very good Murray State team at Murray State. Um. But teams, that was the only team they played inside the top 50. Teams 51 to 100 ranked in Ken Palm. Chattanooga was 5 and 1. So pretty impressive there. Illinois 10 and 7 against tournament teams. Obviously, the Big Ten schedule pretty tough. Um, but they still. They put away really bad teams, but they would let mediocre teams kind of hang around. But they still, teams 21 to 100 ranked in Ken Palm. They were. 13 and 5. So those like good to decent range teams, 13 and 5 with an average um, point differential of about six points. So that's probably why this point spread is seven and a half. Chattanooga, I could see staying in this one pretty close down the stretch. So I have Illinois winning it, and I think it'll be right on that number. Um, man. Yeah, there, there, there's going to be a lot of chaos this year because I could even see Chattanooga beating Illinois. And I could see Houston losing to UAB. We could see UAB versus Chattanooga, 12 and a 13 seed. But I'm going to go with Illinois, and I'm probably not going to touch. If anything, I would, I would go Chattanooga money line. I wouldn't take Chattanooga plus 7.5. Because I feel like they're either going to flirt with this win or they're going to lose by about 15. So I think that's the place. Take Illinois spread or Chattanooga money line. Next matchup, Colorado State 6th seed versus Michigan, the 11th seed. My Wolverines, who I was half expecting not to make the tournament because they were very inconsistent and overrated. Minus 2.5 for the Wolverines, and I have them losing by 2. I think this is... Michigan 150 to 1 to win it all. Colorado State 351 to win it all. Colorado State seems to be getting disrespected here. They were 25 and 5 on the year, but obviously not the same level of competition that Michigan played. Michigan was 17 and 14. Michigan 7 and 9 away from their home court. Colorado State 11 and 4 away from their home court. Against tournament teams, Colorado State 6 and 3. Against tournament teams, Michigan 7-12. and 12. Um, But again, Michigan playing a little bit tougher competition. Outside of the top 100, Colorado State 13-0. Michigan 6-2. Like I said, Michigan's, Michigan's more inconsistent here, but they definitely have the higher ceiling. But I just see this a Colorado State team that I think is going to be older, more experienced and quite possibly just the better team as an underdog here. Seems like a no-brainer. And I think this is going to be a popular pick for people um, 
for an upset for Michigan to win as the 11 seed, even though it's not technically an upset when you look at the the spread. Um, so I think I'm just going to roll with Colorado State, and I'll be happy if Michigan wins, but I won't expect them to. Next matchup, we got Tennessee as a three seed. We got Longwood as a 14 seed. Tennessee is a 17 and a half point favorite. I have them winning by 23. I think this is one of those games where I'm going to take Tennessee at the 17 and a half points. And all of these ones I say I'm going to take at, you know, 17 and a half points or Gonzaga 23 and a half points. If they move three or four points from this morning by the time I'm going to bet on them or more, I don't know if I'm going to take them at that point. But at the numbers I'm seeing right now that I uploaded from this morning, I'm taking 17 and a half for Tennessee. They're 14 and one or 14 to one to win it all, 800 to one to win it all for Longwood. Um, Tennessee, 16 and 0 at home, 10 and seven on the road or at a neutral court, seven and seven against tournament teams, but against teams outside of the top 20. Tennessee is 20 and one. Longwood has played one team inside the top 100, and that was Iowa. The first game of the year, they lost by 33. Um, Longwood is ranked 144 in Ken Palm right now. Tennessee against teams that were 100 to 200. They were 4-0 with an average point differential of 24 points. So that's why I, I, I have a good feeling that this one, 17.5 point spread, Tennessee averages 24 points against teams or 24-point win against teams in this range. So I think this is going to be a Tennessee 25-point win probably against Longwood here. Um, So that's just a kind of no-brainer one. Like I said, I think I mentioned this earlier, the ones, twos, and even maybe the three seeds, I think I'm all going to have coasting a little bit and then chaos everywhere else so Tennessee's kind of a three seed that I'm not really worried about until later next we got Ohio State a seven seed versus Loyola Chicago a 10 seed sister Jean in the building she's still kicking it one and a half point favorite for Loyola Chicago and that's got to be the sister Jean movement of that line because Ohio State is the seven seed. Um, I have it as a final score of 69 to 69, but there must be a fraction of a point in there because I have Ohio State actually winning it. So they moved on in my bracket, or at least the this, this simulated bracket, 150 to one to win it all for Loyola, 200 to one to win it all for Ohio State, Ohio State seems to be somewhat disrespected here. Eight and six against tournament teams for Ohio State, even though they've finished 19 and 11 on the year. Six and eight away from their home court. Loyola Chicago only played three teams that made it to the tournament. One and three against those three teams. Um, 
I, these are very close teams in terms of um, statistically speaking, just looking at their records. Loyola is a little bit better on defense, more consistent in that arena. Both teams send teams to the line quite a bit, so it's going to be a physical game. Um, Ohio State just really efficient with shooting the ball, but so is Loyola. They're both very – this is just a a pretty good matchup of two evenly ranked teams. So I couldn't fault anybody for going any which way on this line or picking the seven seed Ohio State or the ten seed Loyola. But just um, seeing the odds and seeing the spread, both both favoring Loyola in terms of the head-to-head spread here and the odds to win it, and probably you know the odds to get to the Elite Eight or the Sweet Sixteen are going to mirror those odds to win a little bit. I think Ohio State's being somewhat disrespected here. I could see this one going either way, but it's probably a coin flip to me, but I might lean more towards Ohio State, and that could just be an emotional hedge for me too, being a Michigan fan. Next game, we got Villanova, two seed, versus Delaware, the 15 seed. 15.5 point spread in favor of Villanova, and I have them winning by exactly 15 points. 14 to 1 to win it all for Villanova, 1000 to 1 to win it all for Delaware. And this is a Delaware team that I know very little about. Um 15 and 0 for Delaware for teams outside of the top 200, but a losing record for teams inside of the top 200, and I think that's all you have to know to say that Villanova is probably going to win this one by more than 15 points. Uh, Delaware is ranked 145th and against teams outside of the top 100. Villanova was 11-0, winning by just over 20 points a game in those. So I think minus 15 for them isn't wide enough of a margin. So this is going to be another, I think, like almost besides Kentucky maybe, like almost all the ones and twos, I'm going to take the ones and twos to cover the spread in this first round. So I think we could see a lot of just 30-point blowouts. Um, Delaware played one team that made it to the tournament. That was Davidson, first game of the season. They lost by 22 points. I think Villanova rolls them here, so I'm not going to spend too much time. Next, we are going to go to the last section of the bracket, which is the Midwest section in the bottom right. First, we got the number one seed, Kansas, and they will be playing um, a play-in game between Texas Southern and Texas A&M Corpus Christi. I have Texas Southern winning by five points. They're three-and-a-half-point favorite against A&M Corpus Christi. And then so the winner of that will play Kansas. And for whatever reason, I'm going to have to check out the formula, what's going on here. I have Kansas scoring 82, and I don't have a score for the other squad here. Kansas, 8.5 to 1 to win it all. Um, 
I'm just going to set a spread here of if it's anything 20 points or less, I'm 100% going to bet Kansas. And that's all we need to know here. Next, we got San Diego State, 8 seed versus Creighton, the 9 seed. San Diego State, 2.5 point favorite, and I have them winning by 2. 200 to 1 to win it all for San Diego State, 350 to 1 to win it all for Creighton. Um, San Diego State beat a team in the top 20, and that would be St. Mary's. They beat them by 10 points on a neutral court. Um, and that's kind of why I don't like St. Mary's on that other side of the bracket. Because San Diego State played 10 other teams inside the top 50. And they were 3-7 and seven in those nine other games against those teams. So mo- close games for the most part, but couldn't close out against the elite teams or the good teams. Creighton, you know, just a mediocre team, 7-7 seven and seven against tournament teams. San Diego State, 5-6 and six against tournament teams. Creighton against teams, they're basically like 500. Top 20, they were 3-2. and two. 21 through 50, they were 4-5. 51 through 100, they were 3 and 3. So inside the top 100, they were 10 and 12 against those teams. So just kind of middle of the road. They can beat the really good teams, but they can also lose to the just decent teams. And they were against teams outside of the top 200. They were 4 and 0, but only a point differential of 11 and a half. Whereas San Diego State against the same um, outside of the top 200. They were 5-0 with 14.8 was their point differential. So I'm three-point difference there, so not much. But then when you look at teams 101 to 200, San Diego State 7-0 with a 13-point point differential. Creighton against the, that same range of teams 8-1 with a 7.8-point differential. So Creighton just lower floor, higher ceiling, I guess you could say, with when you look at this matchup with them in San Diego State, that's why I have, I don't care who wins this because I have Kansas rolling. Um, Actually, Kansas only beating San Diego State. I have San Diego State winning by two and then Kansas beating them by two. But I think Kansas could beat them by 10 or more. So um, I don't have really strong leanings with these teams here. Um, I'll probably just have, because if I, if I was in love with San Diego State or Creighton, I could possibly having them get into the sweet 16 here, but I don't, so I really don't care. Betting wise, I'll probably take Creighton as the underdog, um, but I don't love that and I'd really have to look at it a little bit more. Uh, but either way, I'm having the winner of that lose to Kansas in the next round. 
Next matchup, we got Iowa, five seed versus Richmond, the 12 seed. Iowa's a nine-point favorite, and I have them winning by nine points. They are a hot team, just won the Big Ten tournament, 22-1 to to win it all. Um, Richmond, 500-1 to to win it all. Against tournament teams, Iowa's only seven and eight. Um, Richmond one and one against tournament teams. Richmond zero and three against teams in the top fifty. Um, Iowa six and seven against teams in the top fifty, but zero and four against teams in the top twenty, and six and three against teams twenty one through fifty. So the elite teams they really struggled with, but they put away the good teams. Um, and then after that, um, Iowa was just the better team against mediocre teams and bad teams. Um, so I see, let's see, Richmond was ranked 85 in Ken Palm. So that would put them in the range against where Iowa was 7-2 and two against those kinds of teams, or that ranking range. 7-2 and two with a 12-point point differential. And then Richmond against that same range of teams was six and seven with a negative one point differential. So I just see Iowa is probably winning this thing and winning it by double digits. So I would probably take Iowa minus the nine and I'm definitely taking them to win that. And it sucks because I like Providence. That's who they would possibly face next. People love South Dakota State in that next matchup, but I, I, I have a weird feeling that Iowa or Providence could make a deep run here. But I have Iowa winning and probably covering the nine points. Next matchup, Providence four seed, South Dakota State 13 seed. Providence is only a two-point favorite. I have them winning by one point. Providence is 250-1 to one to win it all. And South Dakota State is 600-1 to to win it all. And like I said, I've heard a lot of buzz about the South Dakota State team. um, Possibly with the upset here. And it is only a two-point spread. So statistically speaking, that would probably happen quite a bit. But I think the Providence team that we're seeing here is getting disrespected. They're 250-1 to to win it all. Um. God, they they might run into Iowa, which would be tough for them. But I might take Providence, depending on what their number is, to get to the Elite Eight, Sweet 16, for sure. And I'm definitely taking Providence, the minus two here against South Dakota State. But let's dig into it and see why people love this South Dakota State team. Um, they played one team inside the top 50 and lost by 16 points. That was Alabama, a pretty good Alabama team at Alabama earlier in the year. And South Dakota State still put up 88 points in that matchup, which Alabama loves getting in shootouts. Providence just played a lot of close games. Um, and they only had five losses on the season, and all five of those... Two of them were in teams were against teams in the top twenty, but they were two and two against teams in the top twenty against tournaments team tournament teams. Providence was eight and four. In away from their home court, they were nine and four. 
South Dakota State, 16-4 and four away from their home court. They only played two tournament teams, and they were 1-1 one and one against those tournament teams. So one was a loss to Alabama, and their other one was a win against Montana State at home, where they won by 17 points. Um, what is South Dakota State really good at? Field goal percentage, they're second in the nation. Total field goals, second in the nation. Three-point percentage, they are first in the nation. Points per game, they are second in the nation. So this is a South Dakota State team that puts up points. That's why people love them. Um, their defense, though, field goal attempts, field goal um, percentage is a little bit worse. But the teams do put up some points against South Dakota State. But I think that's just because of their tempo and their style of play. So that might mess with Providence a little bit. Um, if it's just not the rhythm that they play, South Dakota State gets off to a good start. Providence was one of the better teams in terms of luck, which isn't a good stat to have because they won a lot of these close games. But it could just be they have you know, experienced, gritty guys that just aren't phased in the big moment. So that luck stat could be a little bit twisted, whereas, like, is it really luck, or is it just guys that are just going to come in the clutch um, regardless? So I like Providence, and I if South Dakota State is still picking up buzz in the next day or so, I'm definitely going to lean further towards Providence. Um, only, a, you know, minus two is the spread here. So I think I'm going to take Providence and I'm going to let everybody else die on the fake Cinderella of South Dakota State. I hope that doesn't come back to bite me. Um, next game, we got Louisiana State, 6th seed, versus Iowa State, an 11th seed. Um, Four-point spread in favor of LSU, and I have LSU winning by three points. So that's an Iowa State cover, but an LSU win. LSU 150 to 1 to win it all. Iowa State 400 to 1 to win it all. I think Iowa State was coming off like a two win season last year. And then they made it to this spot. And they still weren't supposed to be that good this year. So it was kind of not really um, something that was suspected of them to do. Tournament teams LSU 3 and 8. Um, tournament teams Iowa State 6 and 8. Against teams in the top 20, LSU 2-6. and six. Teams in the top 20, Iowa State 3-7. and seven. Um, LSU was blowing out bad teams more. I get, I don't know, Iowa State was blowing out teams early on. But they weren't really playing it. Their schedule was very bad to start the, start the year. Chicago State, Southeastern Louisiana, Jackson State, Arkansas Pine Bluff, Grambling, Alabama State. So they got off to a good start. They lost their last three games of the year. But they won four games straight before that, lost four games straight before that. 
Um, LSU, their last half of the season was pretty rough, but, you know, SEC play, Big 12 play, both these teams played very tough schedules coming down the stretch. Um, Iowa State, good defensive team, it looks like, except for steals and blocks, but they will turn make you turn the ball over. And they are a tough team to shoot over. Same thing with LSU. Doesn't make it easy to shoot. But they will allow you to jack threes. But they won't. But that could just be playing against like Alabama and stuff that skews these stats a little bit. Um, They won't let you shoot threes well. So they'd probably just beg you to shoot deep threes and have you miss them. And just pray that you miss them. LSU doesn't really shoot really well, but... They take care of the basketball. They do not take care of the basketball. 335th in the nation in turnovers. Iowa State 299th in the turnover. And, and they both force a lot of turnovers. So this I think this is going to be a sloppy game of, um, you know, stealing the ball, getting easy buckets that way. And then just bad half-court offense when they actually have to line up across from each other. Um, gosh, I don't I don't like either of these teams. But I think I'm going to roll with LSU to cover the four. I don't know. I'll have to think about this more. LSU 150-1 to to win it all. And Iowa State 400-1 to to win it all. Kind of says something to me that my, my hunch of LSU probably being... Um, better than minus four against Iowa State if they met in the regular season. But then again, my projection only has them winning by three, so that's kind of a tough one to tell. I couldn't blame anybody um, for going either way on this. And then you got Wisconsin in the next round, who is a three seed. So if you wanted Louisiana, this would be a good spot to have a good six or 11 seed, beat that next three seed and then beat possibly or come against the next two seed in the Sweet 16. But I just don't love LSU or Iowa State. If I saw anybody doing it, LSU for sure. Um, but the next next matchup is Wisconsin, the three seed, versus Colgate, the 14 seed. Wisconsin only a minus 7.5 favorite. I have them winning by 10 100 to 1 to win it all for Wisconsin, 700 to 1 to win it all for Colgate. Seven and a half points. Got to take the Badgers here. And right when I say that, I don't know because they had a hard time of blowing anybody out besides teams that were outside of the top 200. Wow. So yeah, if you go nine games into the season, nine games to the end of the year, they had two double-digit wins in that entire stretch. So that would be the last, what, 22 games of the season. They only won by double digits in two of those games, Wisconsin as a three seed. So that's kind of, that screams I'm not going to cover so I I guess that's seven and a half points. I don't my instinct was okay, Wisconsin, take that for sure. But now I'm not so sure. But tournament teams, Wisconsin, twelve and six against tournament teams. 
Um, so I think they win this, but maybe it's closer than you'd think it'd be. Colgate played one tournament team. They lost by 10 points, and that was against Vermont, which is a decent team. But then teams um, ranked 100 to 200. Colgate was 3-4 and four against those teams, so you're going to come and play Wisconsin, who was ranked 34th. The best, better than any team you've played all year. But the worst loss that Colgate has is 18 points to St. John's. But then again, they played nobody, so it wouldn't surprise me if Wisconsin comes in there and beats them by 20. But they just don't love doing that to teams. So I'm going to take Wisconsin here. I think a lot of people will take Wisconsin without thinking about it and have them going into the Sweet 16 and maybe even beating Auburn to go into the Elite Eight. But I just don't have too much faith in this Wisconsin team. And if there was a good 6 seed or 11 seed above them that I really liked, I would probably take them because I have LSU winning against Iowa State by 3. I have Wisconsin winning by 10 against Colgate. And then I have 69-69 to 69 LSU versus Wisconsin, and there's a fraction of a point there where LSU beats them. So I might, in some some of my brackets, go LSU to win that first matchup and then to beat Wisconsin because Wisconsin just had a hard time putting teams away. But Wisconsin was good against tournament teams. So that kind of says something like Providence with that luck factor. Is it is it luck because they're just getting lucky rolls at the end of these close games? Or is it luck because they just have guys like Davis that they can throw it to at the end of the game that are just going to take over? And, and be that X factor that, that a lot of teams lack. So it's a tough to tell if it's luck or if it's just they got a dude on that team. Next matchup, USC, 7 seed versus Miami, Florida, a 10 seed. Um, one and a half point favorite for USC, and I have them winning by one point. They're 200 to 1 to win it all versus Florida, Miami. I can stop saying Florida because it's not like Miami of Ohio's in this. Miami is three hundred to one to win it all, whereas USC was two hundred to one to win it all. Um, close matchup. Miami was twenty three and ten on the year. USC twenty six and seven, but the Pac twelve little suspect in terms of its depth. You know, outside of um, USC, UCLA, um, U- and Arizona, just not really great teams in the Pac-12. Um, Miami against tournament teams, three and four. USC against tournament teams, two and four. Very similar there. Um. Miami probably has the worst floor of these two teams, but maybe a slightly better ceiling. US or uh, Miami beat North Carolina by 28 points this year. Um, barely lost to Duke by four in the ACC tournament. Um, don't have really strong leanings on this 
game. Let's see. Yeah, because the winner of this plays Auburn. I have Auburn rolling through. Um, so... Hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Gosh, but you can't write off either of these teams. I shouldn't be blowing them off like that. 13-4 and four away or on neutral floor for Southern California. 13-5 and five for Miami. So they're both comfortable on the road. Could they beat Auburn? Possibly. Auburn's clearly the better team of, the, of those three. This is going to be a tough one. USC, great on the offensive glass. Great rebounding team. They got Mobley's brother there still. Um, Miami, not good on the offensive glass. 325th in the nation. 346th in total rebounding. But they're 23rd in field goal percentage. So a pretty decent shooting team. Um, they take care of the ball. 25th in turnovers for Miami. Efficient team, good shooting team. USC, pretty decent shooting team. Doesn't shoot a whole lot of threes. Probably utilizes Mobley quite a bit. Doesn't shoot free throws well. Ooh. And Miami doesn't put you to the free throw line. Hmm. Mm -mm -mm. Could this be something at the end of the game where USC... We got a close game. They're getting fouled as a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Where Miami creeps back into it with a backdoor win. Probably backdoor cover would be hard with only one-and-a-half points. I think my gut tells me it's just go USC here. But I don't, I don't feel strong either way when you're either with brackets or... Or betting on them one and a half points. So that's a tough one. We'll go to the next one. Auburn, a two seed, minus 16 and a half points against Jacksonville State, a 15 seed. I have Auburn winning by 15 only. Interesting. And they're a 16 and a half point favorite. They're 12 to 1 to win it all. Jacksonville State, 1,000 to 1 to win it all. Auburn struggled down the stretch, but halfway through the year, they were one of the best teams in the nation easily. Jacksonville State, fifth in the nation at three-point percentage. Um, Auburn, pretty good at defending seventh in opponent's field goal percentage. So Jacksonville State is obviously the level of competition is not that great, but they were a pretty efficient shooting team. Auburn does not let you shoot it so well, but they will let you get to the free throw line. So they fall a lot, um, and they let they let teams get to the glass, which their guard play was worse this year than anything else so you'd think they'd be a decent rebounding team but they're good on the offensive glass but not good at keeping other teams offensive 
or off the offensive glass. So that is interesting. But yeah, Auburn should roll this game. They were 7-3 and three against tournament teams. Jacksonville State only played one team that is in the tournament. They were 0-1 against that one team. And that was Alabama, where they only lost by six points at Alabama. Ooh. Man. So I like Auburn to win this. But I think... I think Jacksonville State could keep this interesting. I only have Auburn winning by 15, and they're a 16.5-point favorite. So this is another one like Kentucky as the two seeds where I'm not going to take them to cover because I feel like those 15 seeds could keep it a little more interesting. But that's pretty much it. I don't know how I'm like two hours into this thing or an hour and a half, so I'm probably just going to cut it off there. I was going to go back in at each um, region and kind of parse out or say who I think could make a deep run here and there. But it's typically just off of my projections, the ones, the twos, the three seeds going far. But I think you you got a pretty good idea on, on who I think and what, what the stats are saying are teams that probably aren't as good as they as they might be be being uh propped up as and some teams that are better than what they are expected to be. But I will post the cheat sheet tomorrow because we got playing games tomorrow, which would be Tuesday. And then Wednesday, two more playing games. So I'll post the cheat sheet for tomorrow, and that will have all the playing games on it and the games for Thursday, Friday on it that are scheduled so far. Um, but I'll do that, yeah, Tuesday morning. All that stuff should be posted. So you can listen to this. You can look at those. You can look at that. You can look at this. Um... But you can contact me on Twitter or Reddit or a carrier pigeon or whatever. And I will answer all your questions or make updates to the cheat sheet if you would like to see something else. Because I have all sorts of stats and stuff. But maybe it's not formatted perfectly. So yeah. Be in touch. I love the feedback. And good luck with the tournament this year. This is going to be a fun one. This is going to be chaos. I think the ones, the twos, and the threes are all pretty set in stone. Everything else is going to be chaos. We're going to have 12 seeds playing 13 seeds. It's going to be nuts, but I'm going to hammer Providence. Maybe I'll do another betting one tomorrow. If I do a deeper dive into like who's what odds to make the Sweet 16 and whatnot, I might do kind of a deeper dive on that and like who who might have the easiest spot to make a run versus the people that are in their region or in their section of the region to make it to like the sweet 16. So that will be kind of interesting if I have time to look at that and then maybe do a quick that would only be like a half hour podcast or something but I would listen to the I talk pretty slow for the most part so I'd listen to these things in like one and a half 
speed. So it would, this one would only be an hour instead of an hour and a half. But that's it for now. Um, good luck this year. Have fun, win some money, and hopefully I help you along the way. If not, I will vanish and you'll never hear from me again. All right, peace out.